Well, welcome back to On Being People, our podcast where we explore what it means to be human beings in the world that God has made. What does God think of us as human beings? What is there to being people? Uh, I'm here with Paul. G'day, Paul. Hey, Keith. Good to be back again. Fantastic. Big topic today. Big topic, yeah. And Hugh, our wonderful producer, here. G'day, Hugh. Hello. Fantastic. And we're going to dive in today to look at this concept of belonging. And uh, I think, why why would we be looking at belonging? How do we pick these things? Well, <laughs> uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. What is, does that mean anything to you, Paul? Well, it does. I think it was something we were often taught in management courses and those sorts of things in psychology. And it's a pyramid mm-hmm. or a, a two-dimensional pyramid. A triangle. <laughs> a triangle. <laughs> um, and he has, and he lists uh, a hierarchy of what it, what human needs might be. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one at the bottom is obviously physiological needs, mm-hmm. so eating, breathing, all those sorts of things. Second one is safety needs. And then on his third level, and there are five levels, and on his third level we have this idea of what it means to belong and to be loved yeah. from uh, his hierarchy of needs. So that's one thing he has recognized. And then above that there's esteem and then self-actualization. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a you know quasi professional look at the place of belonging. It's it's something. It's not an optional extra. He's saying it's something that we we need once we've got food and drink. Yeah. And we've got a roof over our heads. Yep. We need to belong. Yeah. And that's interesting because there's a an Australian sociologist called Hugh Mackay. Many people might have heard of him. He's um he's often in the media here in Australia. And he wrote a book a few years ago now, but still very, uh, very profound. I think it, the book was called What Makes Us Tick. And he was looking at the desires that drive us as human beings. And he uh, was approaching it from a sociology point of view. And uh, they did both research, they sort of did surveys, and they did a lot of conversations with people to see the sorts of themes that kept coming up. And one of the 10 desires, he said, that drives us is this desire to belong. And he said this quote, which really uh, stood out to me. He said, through 50 years of social research, much of it spent in people's homes, listening to them talk about their attitudes, values, and aspirations, I've been repeatedly struck by the attachment people feel to their families, their neighborhoods, their communities, and their loyalty to the various organizations they're associated with. The sense of belonging is palpable and the lack of it distressing. To those experiencing loneliness or social exclusion, for instance, or to recent arrivals who haven't yet made the sort of connections that help us feel like we belong to a neighborhood, a city, or even a country. So 50 years, he's noticed this, that belonging really, really matters to people. Yeah. Well, in those 10 um, things that he lists, uh, is that, again, is that a hierarchy or is it just 10 things? Yeah, no, it's interesting. He says they're like a web. Right. So there's no list of one to 10. They they are all sort of connected. So if you pull one, a lot of them come out with you. But they, you can identify them as single ones, but they're all interwoven. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, that's a great observation, isn't it? It is. And there's just this desperate. One thing I did notice in the definition there was he talked about organisations, clubs, family. He didn't talk about subculture though. 
we didn't use that term. I don't know whether that's just implicit in what he's saying, but I wonder if that isn't, and maybe that's grown up in our current culture, yep. these subcultures of belonging. Yeah, I think he talks about belonging then he notices on sort of two main levels. One is herd and the other is tribe. So the tribe uh, might be that subculture kind of idea. Yeah. It's a bigger thing that isn't as flexible. It's less relational. It's sort of more ideological. And then there's a herd, which tends to be the smaller relationship-based set of networks that doesn't it doesn't subscribe so much to big ideas as markers of belonging. It's more about, well, we're just in the same sort of sphere of life. We keep bumping into each other. So yeah, we'll okay. be nice to each other and help each other get along type of thing. Yeah. 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 Fascinating. But I think the, the thing is people recognize it. It's, it's something that human beings need. Yeah. So I guess the question for us then, as we're thinking about this is from God's point of view, why? Why human beings feel this need to belong? Yeah. Obviously, because we've been talking a lot about the anthropological side of things, we think about the image of God and its part in this. So uh, the question of um, what part does the image of God have in this need? Because uh, I'm not sure that God, does God have a sense of belonging? Yep. Um, so does that, or is it that our need is to belong to something, particularly to our maker? Uh, is that the kind of belonging that is part of the image of God? Because we're his image, we're not God, we're his image. Yes. Yeah, so I wonder if it's tied up with our createdness, which obviously God yes. doesn't have. Um, so we're made to belong to in a relationship with God. And when you get to the New Testament, that, that language of belonging, you see, you know, we belong to Jesus. Yep. Um, we belong to his people. We belong to... God has bought us, all of those sorts of, that language is there. So we're made to belong to God, but we're also created to be in connection with Each other human beings. Yeah. So I don't think we can pull this belonging th strand out without talking about, you know, the fact that we're made for relationships. Yeah. Belonging's got to be tied up with relationships and I think being known yeah. as well. Um because, you know, I might own a, a card for a bank, but I don't feel like I belong to that bank, even though I sort of, right. I've got some sort of symbol of I'm connected to it, Yeah. but I don't really have a relationship. I just want to make sure they give me the money when I ask for it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I've got to put it in there first, fix up which really I found out rates. the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it was a revelation for my kids to find out that, you know, you, they don't just give you money every time you put the card It's not in. an endless supply. You were yeah. supposed <laughs> to put it in first before you can take it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and at the fall, both of those things were broken. Yeah. A relationship vertically and horizontally with God and with each other. Yep. So that makes the whole idea of belonging in either sense more difficult. Because it comes back to that idea, doesn't it, of um, where do we, how do we, how are our desires satisfied? So if we have a desire to belong, what satisfies that? Yes. And I think in all those groups that Hugh Mackay talks about, that's where we try and find it. Yep. Uh, and and can that actually satisfy that need for belonging? What if that is broken? What if you know sinful human beings do something that break that tie? So I feel like I no longer belong. I was actually interested. I was listening to a couple of ads on the radio just this morning, and one ad was for um, a super fund. I'm not sure if it, I won't say what it is, uh, but the, it was talking about the fact that we are a super fund that looks after people whose work is helping people. 
right? So they kind of, and I think it's around the health industry particularly, mm -hmm. but I actually, my theology of work tells me that actually everybody's work helps people. Yeah. Given that if it's legal, everybody helps people. So but they're trying to say that you belong to us if you do this mm. and we're going to look after you. And then I heard another ad for a, uh, a foster a fostering agency yep. and they were talking about um, how you know they want to find places for children, safe places for children to live so that they might grow up healthy and thrive. And then they had a child on uh, kind of saying, or a child's voice saying that now I know where I belong. Yeah. Uh, I found, so that's the kind of thing our advertisers are trying to push into to say, you have somewhere that you're, where you matter and that you belong. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So they clearly, I mean, advertisers are some of the best cultural exegetes that there are. Yeah. They want to understand the culture so they can sell to it. And that's fascinating that they've gone for that angle. They recognize that that's a need as well. Yeah, they have. Well, I wonder with that, like, for example, that super fund ad for it, whether it's like what, like what the chicken and egg scenario is, whether they're saying the people that we know work for us like to belong in the community and that's kind of research that they've already drawn out and then they've said being part of our super fund will contribute to your sense of belonging because you know for example if it's health working or things like that a lot of people feel proud to be you know nurses or care workers or doctors or in that industry mm. or whether it's the, the other way around and them saying that you're just just trying to artificially create that sense of belonging by saying you know you do great things you should be proud of what you do you should feel that sense of belonging and then kind of conflate it from there I'm, you know, just curious yeah. to know like what strategy is kind of behind that thinking, whether it's just trying to press the individual, like the, the human need for belonging mm. yeah. or whether it's something that they've found because of the culture of people yeah. within that they kind of work from that industry. Yeah. It's an interesting one just because there is so many strings of, of belonging attached to so many people in different ways. And good questions. So it's, it, it's got to be relational. I think it's part of, yeah, we want to be known. Yeah, and I, I wonder if it's about sort of emotional safety as well. That is, when I feel like I belong, uh, these are people who will accept me, so I don't have to necessarily perform outside of ways that are uncomfortable mm. for me, or you know what I mean. Like, so let me take an example for in a, in a sports club. Uh, I belong to a cricket club. So people can go there and they'll play cricket and everyone's playing cricket and you belong there. So I don't, I don't have to go there and try and play badminton or, you know, they're not going to ask me to do, I'll just talk about cricket and play cricket and it's safe. Yep. And so people feel like they belong. Yeah. It's that mm. kind of thing. But you also know the rules to that. Yeah. Well, there's no point in playing cricket with badminton rules, right? That's right. That's right. So there are, there are sort of expectations around groups, I think. Yeah, belong, and people find a group where they the expectations are reasonable for them. Mm. So this is very complex. It is. It's very complex. Yeah. And Dark Knight, I think, had a crack at this. In, Dark, the Batman movie. Yeah, the Batman movie. <laughs> oh, Dark. Yes, Knight. let's go. <laughs> go for it. Uh, well, one particular scene with the two ferries and the Joker had set it up so that each one had the detonator for the other's boat. Yeah, right. And you had a boat full of prisoners and a boat full of the public and them trying to say, well, they don't belong. They've had their chance at life, so let's just blow them up. That's what the public was saying about the, the prisoners and the prisoners sort of trying to deal with their own demons, I think, about, yeah. oh, should we just blow them up because yeah. we can escape and do whatever we want. But there's who belongs where mm -hmm. and who decides who belongs. Mm. 
is the question there. That even came out after that Christchurch thing with that fellow that did the thing in Christchurch. Yep. And, uh, and the New Zealand Prime Minister gave a speech and she said, I will not mention your name because you are not one of us. Mm. Basically, so you don't belong. Mm. And she was adamant about yeah. this. Yeah. So we're deciding who belongs and yeah. where is that line. Yeah. Yeah, so it's big, isn't it? Yeah. So, so how do we, no, it's, it's it's very complex. So how do we start then thinking about this? We we we've gone image of God. We guess we're made to be relational. Uh, I guess made to find our sense of connection in God first and foremost, mm. and then made to be in relationship with others. Both which you said rightly, I think broken at the fall. Mm. So where then does that leave? human beings you know post the fall uh is our the desire that everyone's seen in human beings to belonging is it something that we're trying to rightly or wrongly satisfy outside of god can we genuinely belong to something outside of god i don't know these are all the questions that are coming into my head yeah paul <laughs> <laughs> my head is racing right now yeah Not even where to start with this because uh yeah, like, like I think it's such an important thing for God Himself is that there needs to be a cost to, to belong, right? So we know the cost of His Son in the end. But I think to even the way I don't know, this is a long shot, but let me throw it out there. Even the fact that we have genealogies in the Bible, yep, says that these people belong. Yeah, this person belongs to this person, belongs to this person, and eventually, you know, even when you look at Luke's genealogy uh, in the New Testament, it goes right back to Adam. Yep. which he is the son of God. Yep. So we've got this, God shows us this sense of belonging, even in the genealogies we have. But also God is working to establish. So if you look at uh, Exodus 6, 7, which I just happen to have open, um, it says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Yep. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Yep. I will be your God and you will be my people. God understands our longing to belong yep. and he is giving us somewhere to belong yep. that is uh, never ending, that is secure and safe, as you were saying before, um, even if it's cost him to make it happen. Yep. Yeah, that's good. And that's a sense that goes right through the Bible because you'll end up eventually, won't you, in 1 Peter where he says, yeah, you are that kingdom of high priests now. Yeah. Of priests, sorry. There's only one high priest. Forgive me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. And and really that's the the storyline of the whole Bible is, isn't it, God establishing a people for himself. Self. So uh, humanity were meant to be his people, but the fall fractured that. And then it's the story of promises to yep. Abraham and your descendants will be my people. We carry that. We see that go through the Old Testament. Then we get to Jesus, the descendant of Abraham. We get to uh, Galatians, all who have faith in Jesus are children of Abraham. So we we belong to a family. Mm. We belong to a people. Um, and you track that right through to the end of the Bible. You see, you know, the, the those who belong to the lamb gathered around the throne forever. Mm. So, I think there is that desire in us. God's placed it in us because we're meant to belong to him and to a people. Yeah. And he's doing something about that. In fact, yeah. his spirit inside 
of those who trust in Jesus is a kind of bonding element with other people in the body of Christ. So the one that uh, I thought of when uh, we're talking about belonging, there's a few references in John about belonging to Christ, but there was this profound one in Romans 12, um, where Romans 12 verse 4, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body and here's the kicker and each member belongs to all the others. Mm. So it's not just we've been, you know, randomly put next to other people with whom we might decide I've got something in common with or not we're actually drawn into those relationships with people, even if they're very different from us. And we belong to those people who are different from us because we all belong to Christ. Christ yeah. And uh, that's kind of profound. Yeah. Do you think that that starts in, um, in Exodus with the, the covenant, God, God give, making a covenant with people through the law to say, this is what makes you stand out as my people. Yeah. Which is why Christ can say, I'm not here to, Abolish the law. I'm here to fulfill it. Yep. So this is the this is like the thing that I've given you to show that you are my people. And even the law includes things like including the alien, including the people that are different to you and yep. the vulnerable and the oppressed. Yep. So even the law itself, uh, by by giving us that, is God saying, "You're mine. You belong." Yep. And this is yeah. the evidence for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, which is obviously in Jesus is fulfilled. And, and part of the law, wasn't it, were, were markers of belonging. So you had, yeah. you had circumcision was a marker of belonging and you had the food laws, yep. you know, don't eat this, but you can eat this sort of thing. Yep. And you had rituals about cleanliness and uncleanliness, which were all signs of belonging to a people. Yeah. Um, which interestingly causes all, so much grief when you get to the New Testament with, because the signs change. Yeah. Uh, the sign of belonging to the people of God in the New Testament is not a physical sign like circumcision. It's not a, it's not a, a physical thing like food laws. Jesus sort of repeals all that and says, "You belong to me through faith." Yep. And the sign that you belong is love. Yeah. Uh, you know, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you love each other. Each other. Um. So, but but it's there. Yeah, belonging yep. and signs of belonging. Yeah. Uh, are very big. It's the problem is when the signs become greater than the purpose, yeah. you know, which was part of the problem, wasn't it? Circumcision, yeah. you know, you, you're wearing the the gang colours of God's people, but not really behaving like the gang. Is yeah. that the is that the right way? Probably not the right way to say it. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you can cut that. Carries it through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah having those colours. Um, so when you talk about symbols, yep. Um, if we uh, if guys. Um, making a people for himself. And now we know that, that, as you said before, Jesus is the, glue is not the right word, but the thing that brings us together. Um, what kind of symbols do we use as God's people, as his church, if you like, to show that we are, that we belong? Sure. Uh, well, gathering is probably the big one. That is, you, you express the fact that you're the body by gathering as the body. Mm. This is why COVID's been so devastating for churches because yeah. yes, you can hear a message preached via Zoom or YouTube or whatever, but it's different from being the people gathered to hear the word of God 
at the same time, you know, mm. or you can sing in your lounge room on your own. Uh, for people who've heard me sing, they're probably quite appreciative of that fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's something different. I like to be in a crowd where people who can genuinely sing are all around me. Yeah. They drown me out and I get to listen to them. There's something powerful about that. And, and one of the big things about the body is the, the availability to serve each other, mm. you know, to, to step out of my comfort zone, kind of acknowledge you as a person made in the image of God by moving towards you, towards your needs. Mm. And the body is at its best when it's performing like that, yeah. when we all get to serve with the gifts that God's given us to serve other people. Mm. And again, very difficult to do that online. Yeah, it you is. Know? So gathering, I think, is one. Yeah, yeah. And then I think we were chatting before, and I thought this was really helpful. You were saying that um, sharing in the Lord's Supper is a really powerful sort of sign of belonging to each other. That yeah. is, we, we all participate in Christ, in the symbols of Christ's sacrifice. And as we do that together and as we watch each other mm. partaking of the symbol, the same, you know, we eat from the one loaf is the, is the language. We're one body because we share yeah. in the one loaf. Mm. That's a very powerful sign of belonging yeah. both to Christ and to each other. Mm. And in some ways, I think I'd like us to recapture that. Is that it's not just about me thanking Jesus for what He's done for me. It's about us thanking Jesus for giving, for giving Himself, and giving Himself in a way that brings us all together. Yeah. So I'm, I'm capturing that. Uh, the other thing we talked about beforehand was at one of our services we recite a creed every week. Yep. Um, and you know the introduction to that is let's recite or say together what we believe with other Christians around the world. Yeah. So I belong because I believe this. Uh, I, I don't think I want. I don't think we. I think sometimes we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater with those things, and we should maybe retain them a bit to help people have that sense of belonging to God's people. Yeah, reminding ourselves of what we believe and what we know to be true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think the difference with belonging to God's people yep. is that uh, it's it's not interest based. Mm. <laughs> you know, we're not just interested in Jesus and we want to know about him we we've sort of been captured we've been rescued we've been saved it's like a a a hospital for sinners who've been brought back from death and are now in all recovering together as we head towards you know home and so it's not it's not like an interest group like a cricket club or a or a whatever we're not we're not in it to to make a profit we're not in it to serve a narrow interest we that that's one of the profound things about God's people is that it's every tribe, nation, and tongue. It's not all the the normal things that bind tribes together or bind herds together or associations together. They're kind of blown apart. It's just God moving towards us to save us in grace. That's the common thing, and it, mm. it incorporates anyone. You don't have to speak a particular language. You don't have to be a particular color. You don't have to have any particular orientation. Anyone can come, be saved by Jesus and belong. Mm. And in fact, it's when we set up those rigid, we reset up rigid things inside the church that becomes an, an anathema. You know, that's why racism in the church is is abhorrent because Jesus has done away with that. Yeah. He, he loves everyone he's made, no matter what color or ethnicity or whatever, their background. Mm. Um, or when you make it, uh, you know, only rich people can attend or only poor people can attend or only whatever that that's an anathema. You know, that's why there's some of that strongest language in the new Testament is when 
Peter starts talking about resetting up boundaries for people inside that and Paul blasts him. It's like, yeah, I always wonder about that. And Peter's like, yeah, dude, I'm an apostle too. You know, and Paul's like, no, you're getting it wrong, man. You know, like, it's like, wow. <laughs> that would have been a conversation with being a fly on the a wall. A fiery, yeah. fiery conversation. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Well, to that end, do you think that that's, I want to know your experiences as people being ministers in a church. Is that something that you find is a constant Thing that you have to remind yourself of within the church for being able to create a sense of where everyone can belong, that it doesn't become, you know, for whatever reason, more niche or smaller groups or cliques or anything like that within a church experience so that anyone that comes to the church can feel that same sense of belonging, particularly people who, for example, may have never been to a church before. Like it's not a, a, a necessarily the same experience. And I think, is that something that you think you are constantly, you know, striving to make improvements in and and something that as well that everyone in the church has to take that approach as well you want me to go (laughs) (laughs) it's a great question Hugh thanks Uh, in some ways it's it's an ongoing battle if I can say that um, to make sure that people you know we are in uh, helping people uh, belong and, and be accepted and making this a safe place for them that they matter and it's an ongoing battle because, yeah. you know, especially when you get churches with many people in them, cliques do start to form because you feel, and you feel comfortable in those. It's hard to belong to those groups if you're new. Um, so that I think for me, it's a constant battle. Uh, but I think, you know, I think one of the, in my experience, one of the things that helps that is hospitality. Right? And that yeah. might sound weird, but, you know, if we have people in our church who are new or from a different background, we would always make a point of having them in our home. So that if they if they were welcome there when we were in the church gathering, they felt welcome there because they knew someone. Oh, they belong because they've had me in their home. That kind of thing. And I think we could do more of that. Uh, you know, as Keith said before, this idea about they know it. We are his disciples by the fact that we love each other. Well, part of that, an expression of that, is hospitality. Mm. And we could do that better, mm. I reckon. Well, that's just one. Yeah. Thing that I and think you feel helps. like I think people say when they. You know, often happens when people are, for example, young adults and they go a bit of church shopping potentially to find, you yeah. know, to find a place where they feel like they belong. And I think that's, mm. if, you know, where they, I've heard even people at St. Paul's when they've been, have been to other churches and they've come to St. Paul's and they mm. have either said that they yeah. feel a great sense of that they can belong straight away because of that welcoming or, or that kind of yeah. hospitality experience that they feel. And I think that's something that I have to be constantly just thinking of myself just to make sure that I'm not just only chatting to the same people I know every week at church or, you know, only doing the same things with the same people in church because there are always new people. There are always new faces mm. and at different services if you go to different ones, you know, and I think that's something that I am constantly having to remind myself of because it's so easy to get caught up in that because of you feel that sense of belonging with the same, you know, yeah. with people that you're in a small group with or that people with, that you, you know, serve within a, in a band or whatever at church, something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting one. There is, because there is a paradox, I think, with church, right? So uh, in all of life, we tend to gravitate to the path of least resistance always. What's the easiest way to do that? Emotionally, the easiest thing for us is to find people who know us well and to spend time with them. That's, that's easy. It's nice. It feels comfortable. And there's actually something right about that. I think that's that's okay, but uh, and then we want, but we want people to belong to church, right? So we want a lot of people to belong to church, which is then always going to mean we're having to take steps out of the path of least resistance. Yeah, we're having to take risks out of being known and being comfortable 
in order to try and help someone else to belong. So there's this, there's, there's a paradox. The church is always sort of being known and being discovered or knowing and discovering mm. new things at the same time. And the discovering is always less comfortable for people than the what you already know. So there is yeah. a paradox. And that's why the church always will slide into not being as welcoming as it can be because it's made up of people who aren't perfect yet mm. who who always slide back to path of least resistance yeah. you know and so uh that's why and but that's okay because the, the bible talks about remembering we need to remember who we are remember what's been done for us all the time the bible it knows that we're not perfect so we always and part of our job as pastors is to keep reminding people hey um god's not done building his people yet god so there always has to be room in our relationships for another new thing, mm. you know. Now, uh, it can't all be on the pastors. That's why we've got to keep telling everyone to, everyone's got to be part of this. Mm. Um, but certainly it's our job to keep driving that. Mm. Um, I think another tension that that comes up is the people who uh, who come, who might be new and don't feel like they belong. Because I think there's also a tension, increasing tension with the with the culture of, um, you know, I need to express my individualism as well. And so when you come to church and we don't affirm that necessarily because Christ doesn't, uh, then it's I don't belong here. And so that's, for me, that's an added tension at the moment, mm. for, particularly for young adults because that's the culture they're coming out of. At my age, I don't care what people think as much. But it's... it's uh, it's it's a growing tension that, that we but we can't. I, I think sometimes it gets on top of us. And we think, oh, we're failing because this person wouldn't stay. Right. Yes. And and well, actually, there may be other complications to that. And I, I think we somehow we have to grapple with that tension as well, um, because you know we we want everybody can come to Jesus. The invitation is open to everybody, and we're completely aware of that. But it's Jesus as Savior and Lord, yeah. And we've got mm. to, we've got to maintain that, yeah. Uh, first, that's very good. Mm. So one of you're talking about the marks of God's people. One of the marks has always got to be a willingness to submit to the lordship of Jesus. So it doesn't matter where we've come from, but it matters where we're going, and it matters yes. who He wants us to be. So it's very it's hard to belong if you don't submit to the lordship of Jesus, because everyone else here is listening to the word and wanting to take it on board and being willing to be rebuked by it and challenged by it and changed by it to to move from where we were. Mm. And if you want to come and say, well, I'm right as I am and everyone needs to acknowledge that, that's that's very difficult. Yeah. Um, so we want to walk in grace with people lovingly for as long as we possibly can, you yeah. know, to, to help them to see that truth. But... But ultimately, you know, submitting to the lordship of Jesus is a life or death kind of thing. Yeah, it is. You know, those who won't um, uh, submit one day will will submit, you know, unwillingly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. that's that's what the. the well, they'll even saying. confess that Jesus is Lord. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that I think, and that really brings into focus the, the kind of metaphors that the Bible uses for this belonging, uh, which are very anthropological because you've got family and yep. body, particularly in the New Testament sense, of what it means to to belong to be part of something, you know, and and those things have, um, I don't know, I don't know, what's the word I want to use? I don't want to use the word hierarchy, but it's kind of that. Mm. Is that there? You know, we do submit to those kinds of things like Christ is the head of the body. Yes. 
And so if I belong to that, then I'm submitting to that. Yeah. And so the Bible uses those kind of metaphors to yeah. help us understand it. Yeah. What I love about the body metaphor is that um, it doesn't require uniformity from those who submit. Mm. That is, you have an ear that is not an eye, that is not a foot. They're all valuable. You're not asking an ear not to, not to be an ear but it's part of a body. So it belongs to everyone else and it is all under the head. So there's mm. this wonderful, uh, you know, some, some kind of ways of belonging to groups require you to lose your individuality to just become sort of an amorphous part of the, the whole. Mm. Um, and, and, and others, and, and then some people will choose not to belong because they, they want to keep their individuality and no one should ever question that. But the people of God belonging to the body of Christ is both. Mm. That is, God made us individuals. That's fantastic. So, uh, you know, you two sitting here have got ways of saying things that I can't think of, and that's that enriches the conversation. I don't. If we're all speaking the same way, how boring, you know. Mm. Um, and so that's valuable. God, yeah. God sees us as individuals, and and that is precious. Jesus mm. came as an individual to die for us. So as individuals, we're precious, but as a group, we're also precious. So we're called to be those individuals in relationships, yeah. um, which is great. Yeah. Mm. Each upholding the other. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Very good. So um, as you've been thinking and reading yes. on this, uh, Paul, you go some deep dives into some uh, great thinkers from the past who've thought about this. What did, what did you find? Well... I'm actually going to stretch the boundary today and quote two, if that's okay. Fantastic. I'll allow it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Did okay. you get a note from your mum? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had that approval. I feel much better at this. <laughs> Good. Uh, I, want to, I want to quote someone from the fourth uh, century and someone from the 21st. Is that okay? Fantastic. So the, the first quote is from uh, St. Augustine of Hippo uh, in his book, The City of God. Uh, which is talking, which is basically belonging to the city of God and what that means and looks like. Yep. Um, but he had this, I wanted to bring it back to this idea that we actually belong to God because he's making a people for himself. And so there's a great quote um, in that book. Uh, so this is what it is. It says, the reward of virtue will be God himself who gave the virtue together with the promise of himself, the best and greatest of all possible promises. Okay. So we get God for what, what, for what did he mean when he said in the words of the prophet, I shall be their God and they will be my people? Did he not mean I shall be the source of their satisfaction? I shall be everything that men and women can uh, de honorable desire. Life, health, food, wealth, glory, honor, peace and every blessing. Well, that is also the correct interpretation of the apostles words so that God may be all in all. He will be the goal of our longings. And we shall be, and we shall see him forever. We shall love him without satiety. I'll talk about that in a minute. We shall praise him without wearying. This will be the duty, the delight, the activity of all, shared by all who share the life of eternity. So this desire that we have to belong will be satisfied in God Himself. That's so good. And the word satiety there kind of means without end. Yeah. It will never be. Um, it will never stop. Kind yep. of thing, and so we understand that if we belong to God, we get Him, and all our desires are met and fulfilled, even the one to belong. So I thought that was brilliant from our friend Saint Augustine. That is very good. Uh, and then I just wanted to uh, quote from Brian Rosen's book, Known by God, 
Um, uh, and he quotes a guy called Kevin Van Hooser, and he says this. He says, the human creature is neither an autonomous individual nor an anonymous unit that he has been assimilated into some collectivity, but rather a particular person who achieves a concrete identity in relation to others. Human being is inherently social. That's profound. It is profound. That's very good. (laughs) So those those two two quotes kind of bring us together so that we do belong to God and we belong to each other. Yeah, fantastic. Very good. Thank you for that. That's very stimulating. the, um, the Augustine one, I'm going to dine out on that all day. I think that's fantastic. Great quote. The, yeah, um, the really great. S- yeah, very good. Very, very good. So that brings us to any implications of this that we may have. I think we kind of talked about this a little bit, with what implications um, does belonging have. But Yeah, well, I mean, one of them has to be the, the sociologists are right. We do have a desire to belong because we've been made like that. Yep. And that's not a, uh, a flaw in human beings. It's not a, a, that's not a consequence of the fall, if you like. Um, that is a good desire that God's placed within us. I would actually say it's more evidence for God, <laughs> you know, because yeah. we're, we're made to find yeah. a connection and be known outside of ourselves. Yeah. You know, we're not just individual units like Rosner said there. Yeah. We have a longing, the C.S. Lewis thing, that longing's meant to be found in God. Thanks, Mr. Augustine. You know, it <laughs> all comes together. Yeah. Um, so uh, loneliness is a bad thing and belonging is a good thing. Yep. And um, the church has something to offer there mm. um, for all of its imperfections. And it will be imperfect because it's full of sinners, yep. but it can be great. And the church working at its best when it's full of grace and life and love can be a place where people can have that desire to belong met. Mm. And uh, and then not only do you become a, like a cul-de-sac of that, but you get to be a road and pass it on to others. Was, yeah. yeah. That's got to be one of the implications, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm. And, and knowing that we can help others to belong because we belong... To, to Christ, it's got to be that kind of, you know, it's the same idea as love. We can love because we're loved. We can show grace because we've been shown grace. Uh, belonging fits into the, that kind of sphere, I think. And so we need to be mindful that, you know, yes, we belong. And so we don't just sit back and think, okay, I'm okay. We say, well, others need to know this good news too. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. good. And I think then those other marks of belonging, um, if we're thinking about them like communion or whatever, um, are good things. They, they, they help people to see and know and feel that belonging, mm. but they can't ever be done in a way that prevents others from belonging. Yeah. You know, so the church has always got to be careful about um, uh, putting in extra obstacles apart from submission to Christ mm. in order to belong. Yeah. Um, which is why we've always got to be careful about the translations that we use. People can't understand the word. That's no good. So that's why the reformers back in the day said, no, it can't be in Latin because the normal people can't understand. You're putting a border, a barrier into belonging here. Yeah. So we need to, you know, speak in language people can understand. We need to make sure the doors are wide enough for wheelchairs to get in. We need to, all of those kinds of things, no, no barriers to belonging yeah. apart from the submission to Christ, yeah. you know, but he comes towards us 
in grace to allow that to happen. And yeah. we've got to keep saying it that way. Yeah. And can I add to that? Because that's really helpful. And I, I was also thinking about the idea that remembering that belonging to Christ means that we don't, we're, we're, uh, we're avoiding idolatry at that point. So I'm not trying to find my that I belong to something something else that will now ever actually meet that desire fully, mm-hmm. might for a moment, but never fully. So knowing that I belong to Christ means that I'm avoiding or uh, fleeing from, in the words of Corinthians, fleeing from idolatry yeah, because right. I'm rather than focusing my sense of belonging on something else other than Christ. If I remember that I belong to Him, it helps me to flee from that. Yeah, idolatry. Yeah, that's good, and I think, you know. Uh, backing on that Augustine quote, it's okay to double down on that desire, but find it in God. Yeah. And it'll it'll be overwhelmingly met, you yeah. know, uh, in in some ways now, but for all eternity. And so the the answer to it is not to not to fight the desire. It's to go to really double down on it and and not be satisfied until you find the only thing that can satisfy, which yeah. is God. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Very good. Well, we come to that part uh, I know most of uh, people listening are looking forward to, and that is uh, gee, poetry that's, with Keith. That's, oh, I don't put it at the start. That's a long, so gee, that's a long to way to draw. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fun part of this though, mate. So what have you got for us this time? Well, um, you took, you had two goes, so I thought I... You have two goes every time. Yeah, well, I'm sort of having 2.1 goes because okay. I've got two. Like I, I had my first draft at my, um, at my attempt. Okay. Does this have a producer's approval? Uh, we'll see. I might have to veto it. Yeah. Well, we'll see post. if it makes it in. Yeah, that's right. So look, this is the first attempt. This this poem's called "Belonging Longing," and that's not an echo on the on the um. Podcast. It's It's not a delay. (laughs) No. It goes like this It's not wrong to long to belong. To belong can fill you with song and make you strong, like King Kong. Yeah, I don't know whether the last line, I'm sort of pushed (laughs) it over the edge. Judging from your reactions here live, maybe it did. Um, I did say it was the first attempt. So, uh, all right, here's the other one. I had okay. a go. This this one's called The End of Belonging. I run over here to this cool set of people. I run over there to that tribe. I hope they will let me be part of their thing and to let me be hip to their vibe. I really don't want to be left on my own to suck up my breath and be strong. I'd rather be welcomed and loved because I'm known. In other words... I'd like to belong. But this tribe says to me, you have to love yellow. And that one, you have to wear green. And another says, all that you think must be pink. Still another, all colours obscene. So I began to despair. Could I ever fit in? Would anyone let me be part? Who could I join with my colour blind eyes? Who could e'er love my blackened stained heart? But I found the Lord Jesus who made me to belong, to be known, loved and valued. It's true. And he opened his arms, brought me into his fam, said, these nail scarred hands are for you. 
Your sin blackened heart I did take on myself. This is all of the entry you need. And so come be a part of all those dressed in white. Because for all of your lives I did bleed. Like ears, hands and feet, you are my body now. My beloved, you belong to each other. Over all loves and colours I have loved you all first. So love deeply as sisters and brothers. Really came home, didn't I? I'm really impressed. Yeah. Thank you. You almost lost me at hip to their vibe. Hip to their vibe. It really came around. I was just warming up. (laughs) You could tell. (laughs) I got away with fam. I don't know if anyone noticed that. The family had too many syllables, but I can think of another word. No, that's fine. We did we did pick that up. (laughs) I was was actually waiting for the rhyme. Yes, yes. (laughs) That was good. I I love that you actually picked up a lot of ideas that we well talked about today. Tried. Tried. So yeah, that's great. Go. That's good. Look, here's the, the other poem that I found. It's a short one, uh, but it's good. And it's, a, it's a, a modern poem by a lady called Linda Willow. She actually wrote it last year um, called Take Us to Church. It goes like this. Take us to church this morning, this day. Take all of our hearts in a chorus that prays, singing together in praises that say, we belong to you forever and cannot stay away. In this gathering home, your own place alone, we rest with you, Jesus, from all of life's roam. Hushed in the midst of your spirit's delight, calmed in the love of your kingdom's invite. Take us to church in the promise of life. Sanctify us as we gather through strife. Bless every heart that enters your door, that thirsts and receives the Lord's holy poor. That's good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, no, she it picks well. up that idea of, you know, church being the place where we express that we belong to Jesus and mm. each other and can find something of that satisfaction that August was ta- Augustine was talking about. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Well done again. Thanks. Well, we want to um, thank you for being with us today when we were talking about the idea of belonging and uh on, you know, our On Being People podcast. Uh, hopefully, you've again, you've heard some ideas that help you to think about this. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear it. Uh, today, we talked about this, the book, The City of God, and we talked about uh, Known by God by Brian Rosner. If you wanted to check out those books, uh, worth reading, although City of God's a bit of a haul. Uh, so, but thank you for joining us. Thanks, you for being here again, and Keith. No worries. Uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. And I've forgotten the topic. It'll be great, whatever it is. It will. We look forward to you joining us. (laughs) We do have a plan. We do have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so thanks for joining us and we hope you um, are coping okay with this COVID time and we'll look forward to hearing or being with you next time.